Brandon's not gay. Sorry, Brandon. I'm feeling real glittery today. Today's going to be a really awesome show. We have Milk and Cook. The twin brothers. The twin brothers, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The twin brothers. Depends on who's asking us and what kind of room. Some people think we look exactly alike, and some people are like, y'all ain't related. Not even twins when I first met you. Like, when I first, like, I see it. Yeah. We got half time. Yeah, we have. Well, I heard our both bleeds. But when it's different shades, you can understand. Indeed. Yeah. Wait, how did you figure that out? He's bigger. He's bigger. Uh, yeah, I mean, but he's slower. <laughs> no, but like, you see, like, I would know you can tell by like, my jaw and my, my shoulders yeah, are yeah, a little bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Older, but, but, like, like, yeah, right. Kind of, like, usually the older ones get the most money stream. Like, no offense to you, but like... <laughs> Oh, well, no, wait, it's true. Like, I, I know you're like, he did get the most into Well, he's got better abs. It's all good. Like, whatever. <laughs> well, we'll definitely get more into the abs and all of that cool stuff in just a bit. Today, we will be talking about a few awesome things like Virgil Abloh becoming the new Louis Vuitton menswear designer. He's an African American from Chicago. We know him, and now he's working for Louis Vuitton. Rest in peace to a Chicago artist who has just lost her life just recently. We're going to talk a little bit about Henny and everything she brought to the table. And House of Mimosa is this weekend, which is a super awesome vending event and social networking event put together by Sierra Degree, who's my PR director and also my super awesome friend, and I'm very proud of her. And we're going to talk about why life insurance is important even though we're young. You know, we we think we don't need it, but you know, you do. But maybe after today, you'll go ahead and party low. We definitely need to get some life insurance. Right? It's true. Well, we we toned it down. Well, it's just it's uh it's such like a you're like man, I'm not gonna get any of it. It's like a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Like as soon as you get life insurance next day, Dad. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, and it's the whole the whole complex of like, well, I I do drugs and I do this and that, so I'm not gonna get approved anyway. No, you'll get approved, and it'll yeah. cost you. Uh, maybe an eighth of what you might spend on your recreational activities every month. True. Yeah. But. Yeah, start the last thing. You have a family. When you're by yourself, it's like hard to get it, you know. Once you start in a family, you're like, all right, I for sure I get it. Yeah, you don't really think about needing it on a personal level. But yeah. it's just something that's also good to help create things this like generational like, wealth. And this might sound wrong, but me and my mom just had to talk about, like, her, like, getting life insurance. It's like... Yeah, we're going to need some money, you know? So, like, shit. Oh, well, yeah, it's like as your parents get older or whatever. Yeah, but like, it was funny because I, I didn't expect to have a conversation with her because I was trying to, like, not sound like an a-hole. Yeah. I was just like, Mom, so, like, you know, that when that day comes, like, what would you prefer to be buried or be cremated? She like, well, I can cremate it as cheapest way possible. You know, I can keep most of the money because I, I think I got an insurance policy. I'm like... Yes, you know what I'm <laughs> not looking forward to the day she dies, but well, it's just it's comforting smart. to know to know, yeah, like, exactly. you and, 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 and they're not taking it personally. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, you want to be... Yeah, this, this, the show is now a full-on life insurance queue. ARP, sign up with us today. Yeah. He's knocking. Well, I mean, actually, oh, I do have no, ways. He's I do, definitely do have ways that, you know, everybody in here can get insured. My life insurance is like 20 bucks a month. And I have a really good policy. And if I don't die in 20 years, they give me double what I put into the policy. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait. So you take $2 a month. I will talk about it later. Look, yeah. Let's not jump to, so he's excited. Like, give me that because it's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we can actually go ahead and just start our topic of entertainment. Um, Virgil is someone who 
is a really big name here in the city as far as streetwear fashion goes. And he was a creative director for Kanye West for a while. Um, he helped with the establishing of RSVP Gallery. Um, shout out to them. My roommate works for them. And she likes when I shout her out. Shout out to you, Danny. Um, so he designed off-white streetwear, and he is the first African-American. Are you responsible for off-white? Yeah. <laughs> my, my, uh, my girlfriend was literally just showing me his page yesterday because he does, like, DJ sets and, like, a bunch mm-hmm. of people come over in there. Yeah, Virgil Abloh. Yeah, he and my other DJ friend, DJ Earn Money, they're all, like, really good friends. So I saw, that's actually how I found out. I was on Twitter, and Earn was on this drunken rant. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm drunk, so I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know I'm a rock star because I hang with rock stars. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Earn? And I read more into it, and he's like, my friend just became the head uh, designer for menswear for Louis Vuitton. Yeah, that's wild. So, you know, that's like a big thing for Chicago culture, I think. Oh, for sure. That's a big thing for, like, a lot of, just not Chicago, that's a big thing for just a black guy in charge of, like, that department of Louis Vuitton. Like, right. Well, it's like, I mean, it's, it's like, flips shit on its, flips stuff on its head. Yeah, and he's like, the French Heritage House. Like, it's like as far as that goes, it's like not many people in that place unless you're, like, white. Now you gotta know what you're doing, or, like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, they have, like, a few, like, divert, like, few people of color in that department, so to be in a place like that and be as young as he is, he's in his, like, early 30s, mm-hmm. and he is, like, making money moves. Where, uh, where is that, like, based out of? Is it in Europe, or? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh-huh. in France, like, Paris, okay, France. Okay. Like, it's definitely... Yeah, so get from Chicago to there is epic. And it's, like, super exclusive. There's not that many types yeah. of positions, you know, to be the head of the, one of the most... The fashion industry is so fickle, bro. Like, it's so... Oh, cool. yeah. How do you get... How did he, like, come up with with Kanye's, like, streetwear? Well, I think it might have just happened... And it was in the times when Kanye was still, like, Chicago. Yeah, he was still able to... Uh, he was still a person that you could, you know, run into as... Like, how Chance is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If me... We know Chance. Yeah. So it's the thing of if I became this super awesome designer, I'd be like, hey, Chance, where am I? You know. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of had a relationship from the beginning, and Kanye did help to have um, RSVP in its opening and in its um, longevity. It's still a boutique that's very popular. Like co-signed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They still, like, whenever they're in the city, that you know, they all do little pop-ins there, little events, free events, but they fill up quick, you know. Mm-hmm. So... He ended up working for Kanye because Kanye was still Chicago at one point before he got to Kanye gets bigger and then that's his resume, like, you know, Mm -hmm. starter or whatever. Yeah, um, I don't really know why they stopped working together, but I did see some stuff where people were like, Kanye's going to be so salty. I mean, this is... Kardashians, bro. Probably creative differences. I mean, but you know what it is? Oh, I understand. Okay, so like... But like in Kanye, the literal sense But Kanye wants to be... Like, I'm not saying he Because he's Kanye. Kanye is Kanye. But his vision. His vision. But his vision for fashion is where he... This guy wants to be like... Kanye wants to work with Louis Vuitton. He wants to work with all these high-end... Places, like, that's, why come, that's why he be salty. That's why he be salty because they didn't let him in. Kanye went on this whole like two or three years ago when he was working. Yeah, he's doing crazy fashion shows. Yeah, he's doing crazy fashion shows, but like he said, they were not letting him in. Louis Vuitton, all the big brands right. were not letting him in. But maybe, 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 maybe it was a long play where like they separate, then he becomes Louis, and then he brings Kanye back in. 
brand thing. Welcome to the world of the internet. Yeah, everything. <laughs> SoundCloud rapper kits. Have you seen those memes where it's like the SoundCloud rapper kit? Well, we, oh, no, but it's funny just because. I saw something about SoundCloud rappers. I forgot. It was, it was like, it was something about like a girl getting DMs and it was like, you know, all you have is this, this, and a SoundCloud link. <laughs> yeah, I love the the memes that they put together. Like the, my favorite SoundCloud one was they put those shades. You know, you know the free shades that everybody gives away with their yeah. little logos. It's yeah. a pair of those, any brand of those, and then it's um the buy or like buy fifty k likes on SoundCloud. Yeah, and then it was um. Oh, the, the hair, like the yeah, the starter pack, and it was like the, the colored hair, yeah, 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 or the braids, yeah, and yeah. then what would the last one be? Um, a thing, a, a couple of leans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like this is the I, I think I saw that one. And I was like, hair on the head, but everybody's like, haha, I want that starter kit. No, but anybody can be famous. That's how they made it possible. Well, I know SoundCloud's like over, but well, if you have in, it, term, in terms of for the whole music world, because of the way that they got crushed by like corporate like labels shutting down their copyrights and stuff like mm. you it created edm for sure but it was like this golden 10-year like gateway and it's kind of gotten i mean you don't get plays like that anymore like they, they make you pay for the soundcloud bill thing the algorithms are yeah everything's really really Spot, everything's on spotify now i mean SoundCloud, yeah they're trying to be spotify they're in like some weird limbo land where they don't know who they are mm-hmm. they were cool because it's free and you could find underground stuff that wouldn't be anywhere else right and now but now the underground stuff is low, lower 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 quality and they're trying to go corporate so they have to like copyright everything that is right but then no one's paying for the like a uh, subscription fee except for the creators like it's free now that yeah. it's not going to go and we get paid for our models people. all messed up yeah no we're literally even like i'm just like everything we do now we'll like, drop it on there we'll, mm-hmm. we'll drop it on there and we have like tens of millions of plays but at this point it's just like i mean the way i pretty much put it is like people go to soundcloud to like discover music or like, download and find it for the first time and then they're actually streaming music on spotify mm-hmm. and listening like to spotify. On the, at the party they're like all right i'm gonna put this guy so like yo i found this on soundcloud like whatever i'm gonna go like yeah. keep it on spotify and the reason like people love soundcloud because people listen to an artist like and the next song you don't know what it is or who it is yeah you know, you know, it's so many songs that I've heard, like, she played that I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're SoundCloud. You can yeah. hear it on the no, guys. No, that is, right, that's definitely, because, like, Spotify curates a little more tighter towards, like, what you already like. And that's definitely true, because SoundCloud will jump to some unknown thing that has, better, like... It'll be related to exactly. what you were just yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure, but it's just still maybe, like, really, like, you know, it's super, Spotify, you can't even, like, dig for stuff, because there's nowhere to find, like, super obscure stuff. Like, you just got to really find the link. But then on SoundCloud, it may just pop up because, yeah. you know, there. And to get your music on Spotify, you have to kind of know what you're doing and have some kind of system to distribute your stuff. Yeah, and go through you can it. just literally upload it from your parents' bedroom mm-hmm. on SoundCloud if you're 16 years old. Right. And dope thing in a different country. So, yeah. quick question before we go into a little bit of music. Do you guys think that with Chance's explosion, um, and he won the Grammy, the you know the first SoundCloud artist to win a Grammy, do you think that kind of has some play into SoundCloud's downfall? No, I think he, I think he, I think SoundCloud has been falling for like almost three years now, and that he, I mean, I remember he tried to like pull somewhere, he tried to like bring it back and like invest in it. Um, SoundCloud, like, I don't think it had really much to do with it at all. I like, I think corporate like labels that 
had big people on top who kept brushing off the internet, like 67-year-old dudes who didn't believe the internet was going to happen. They finally hired some people who were like, yo, you need to get engineers with algorithms and protect your music. And once they started engineering and stuff and sued the guy who made SoundCloud, like, to death, um, that's what, you know, he was like, either you're going to go to jail and lose all your money, or you're going to work with us and your platform is going to get deconstructed. See, this is what I think, to be honest, Chance, first of all, he, he, I'm not saying what any of his accomplishments yet. He won the Grammys, but he did it independently. Yeah. Without the help of a label. I, right. I still think he got help from an independent label, but it wasn't like he got signed. And yeah, and yeah, investors, like, right. pumping him. Yeah, exactly. And people are like, we'll let you look like you're still totally independent, but just let us help you. Yeah, yeah maybe. It happens a lot of people. But I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, he, he signed. Don't give, he's, he has, he signed. He's got somebody now. Mm-hmm. But... It was better for whoever he's working with to give him that independent image. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And they did let Chance do have more creative property and more creative ownership of what he wanted to do. Yeah. So you got a bunch of people that's coming up and they 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 sign their life worth for forty thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, and they're like, Yeah. This dude Chance got a Grammy, and I didn't sound like it's people trapped in regular right, right now. Yeah. I think the people whoever was investing in him literally, ironically, took a chance. So he was probably very gung ho about it, like believe in me that like if you give me the creative you know property and let, let me do things my way keep the image you know we can make this work and when i go back and like listen to acid rap i mean like i've heard people say like acid rap is one of the best mixtapes of top 10 of all time mm-hmm. and you listen to like the quality of it how many years ago it came out like it's crazy how good it is mm-hmm. and and just how high quality it is for how small of an artist he was then but it's not it wasn't hard to take it like we knew chance before he became like chance the rapper you know and like at 17 to 18 years old, like, watching this kid do come in to you media and just do a con- Like, literally, this man would just come in, we all chilling, he just do a concert. At 17 to 18 years old, I knew Chance was going to be famous. He just mm-hmm. had to, like, he had that, he had that star power. And it wasn't like he was, like, trying to be, like, he just had it. Something about Chance draws super, you. Super comfortable and, like, believe, like, he believed in himself so much that it was just walking in the park where he was doing, even if there's only like and 10 people. people are attracted to, at a young age, people are super attracted to that type of confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to get behind this because that's like, that's what I want to have someday when every, it's like an era in a time of your life where everyone's kind of insecure and he's like totally the opposite. Yeah, but he put the, he put the music industry on notice with that because it's like, okay, so we don't need a label to win a granny. So like, totally. now all these labels are like, the, the industry, music industry is messed up now. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not, like 15, 20 years ago, you can sign for a label like and get money. Like, like yeah, yeah, rappers yeah, back yeah. in the day were signing like living like millions, not, millions of dollars for like, Three, four albums you have to release. It was also a lot harder to find people that were good. But that is true. That, that is was true. something that was this hard for me. I was yeah. a big Lime Wire girl. Yeah, yeah. Same, and same. I, when I was in high school, that's something that people were like Serenity always knows the new song and blah blah blah. And it was something that I took to heart. So when SoundCloud came out, I was like, this is just so cool, you know, to find really good music. And it got to a point where it was just like not it was just too much content you know mm-hmm. and it was just like for soundcloud, yeah. 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 Or, yeah 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 exactly that's also what has killed soundcloud is that like because you don't like you don't have, there's no filter for how to get uploading it's like i mean it's just like someone uploading like as if we were going through apple icloud like looking for beautiful photography and we just had everyone's photo album from their iphone like Okay, you know, you just can go through. It's like you're just sitting there uploading files. You can just upload a speech of you or you starting your car. Like, it doesn't matter. For Spotify, it's like in all these 
online stores, you're going through a distribution company. There's certain regulations, like you've got to do things the right way. They'll hit you back and be like, you know, you, you know, people, it's not going to get accepted or uploaded. It has to be a proper, like, at least has some standardization. Um, but, yeah, SoundCloud. I think the beauty of SoundCloud was the chaos. And I think when it first came out, there was something chaotic about SoundCloud. He was going there, had a bunch of different music. And I think when Messing Up they started uploading, like, more known artists, like artists that yeah, are yeah. on the label. Like, me and her making Artists music. came there to tap into that audience. Yeah. But I think when she was first saying, like, did Chance's, um, like, uh, rise to success have something to do with, uh, like, SoundCloud's downfall, I don't think it was specifically him, but just the fact that, that SoundCloud was never a platform that could retain people that got big. Like, if you got big off SoundCloud, there's going to be other forces coming from iTunes and Apple and record labels and Spotify. They're going to want to do things with you and take you away from SoundCloud because mm. there's more that SoundCloud can offer. And then all the bigger artists, like you're saying, went to SoundCloud to tap into the underground audiences, but that was never why they were there in the first place. Mm. I'm so not sure. It was, like a, it was yeah. like a back and forth thing. And I remember, like, when you're saying, like, the chaos, like, it, it was, was cool. It was super hype. Like, there was, it was almost like there was, like, anxiety behind, like, like when people would, when a banging, like, edit or remix that was, like, some unofficial, like, illegal bootleg would pop up on SoundCloud and it was super high quality and it was insane, you know, it gets, like, 20 million plays in, like, a week and, like, every kid in the country and every college is, like, is DJing it out and... There's like, like I'm not getting paid for this. Well, not even. Yeah. Well, the, the main artist is saying that. Wait, if it's an artist, really really well, well, the, the kid, the kid who made it, like back then, it was like you had these underground people who, like, like Dylan Francis, for example, like got found by Diplo through SoundCloud, and he was just. You had all these people putting out like these. This, when you look back at the stuff then, it's the stuff that a lot many people can make now. But the standard of quality has changed, so you have to, like, become a new level of a professional as an independent kid, and then they'll take you on. But back then, it was like, if you made something that was just, just this dope, like, oh, I can see the tail there, we can mold them into, like, a pro. Mm -hmm. But now it's like everyone can sound like pretty much a pro by themselves with, you know, their computers. Is it, is it, like, the access to samples and, like, uh, yeah. just, like people tutorials and all this stuff, there's a bunch of different factors. Well, and that's why, yeah, song, songwriting is going to... Songwriting is always going to separate everyone from the rest because there's so much content, like you said, and you got to write. You can play a piano song and it'll mm -hmm. blow up on SoundCloud, you know. Very true. But we're going to actually go ahead and play one of my favorite mixes um, by Caked Up. Uh, I got to meet him when I DJed at a festival in New York a couple of years ago. Um, Oscar Wilde. And here yeah. is the Mad City remix that he um, just... I feel like it's a cheerleader's remix, you know, and I used to do cheer, so right. as far as EDM goes, this is just like, for me, I, I start crying sometimes, it's so good. So here is the Caked Up remix for Mad City by Kendrick Lamar right here on Nitty Snacker. Uh
Radio. Unfortunately, I couldn't turn up in the studio like I planned on doing. Cause we imagined, speakers. We imagined it in our head. Yeah, you know, it was very light and cute through the headphones, right? Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> so, oh, I think we might have missed our call-in, so maybe I can call her back. Let's have some fun. I think it was like three minutes. Hey, she's on the phone, so she didn't get my text. She's on the phone calling us. <laughs> you know, you like to send a text to somebody and then they say they deliver. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, so um, one of our friends, he's at the bar. I want to do prank calls. Prank calls? Hello. Hi, is this Sierra? This is she. Hello, Miss Debris. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so, I was telling the world that on Saturday there's a House of Mimosa event that House you curate. House of what? House of Mimosa. So, if you could go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what House of Mimosa is and what we can expect. Okay, well, um, How Come Mimosa is a um, bi-monthly social um, for networking that documents and celebrates the unknown upcoming and established creatives and entrepreneurs in conversation. So that's kind of like the logistics of it. And so this Saturday, it will be a um, How Come Mimosa Sip and Shop pop-up event. So it'll be like an afternoon of unlimited mimosas, networking and shopping. So come join us, y'all. And Diddy will be selling some merch from her slang fit. Yes, I am. Brand there as well. So slide through. Come meet Nitty and come meet me and have a good time. Where did you come up with the concept for House of Mimosas? Um, well, honestly, girl... <laughs> Uh, mimosas are my favorite drink, and I literally was in the house just having a dish there from work one day, and was like, hmm, this is it. It's the house of mimosa. This is it. And um, the big networking thing came about because um, I'm a person who connects so many people from different um, shapes and forms of life, and I just wanted to bring more people in one room to connect and be able to work with each other and to have different relationships, whether it was personal or business. Well, that's very nice of you to do such a thing. And I can't wait to be 
Mimosa Wasted. <laughs> yes, I can now wait. Promoting uh, Slim Thick. What are a few other vendors that will be there? Um, A few other vendors will be um, our Famali, uh, Kaylee, um, they're two visual artists. I'll also have uh, Slayhouse and Melita Collection. So I'll have a different, a lot of different um, creators and entrepreneurs in the room, from clothing to visual artists to, um, oh man, there's just so many. You'll just have to come and see. Well, thank you so much for calling in and letting us know about the glorious event that you're doing. Like I said, Mimosa. Are you going to have Thank you for having me, Different flavor mimosas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Different flavor mimosas is just regular. No, she did last time, so she had No, she had it's going to be regular. <laughs> no, it's not going to be regular. It's going to be so many different flavors. Like, hey, you like four. So it's going to be a lot. <laughs> I'm going to put a little pixie dust in mine if you don't mind. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so dirty. It's going to be lit. I can't wait, y'all. <laughs> well, thank you so much for calling and letting us know about this event. And remember, it's this Saturday. I will be posting flyers on my Instagram, Facebook, page and anywhere else that allows me to be socially talkable. Yes. That didn't, that didn't make yes. sense, but you know what I'm trying to say. You feel me. <laughs> you feel me. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Okay. I will see you Saturday, girl. I see you, boo. Bye. Now, I am very excited for that because I like mimosas. Uh, she put me on. She, gave, she had different, like, different juices. She had the papaya and the papaya the most papaya oh my god papaya oh uh, what's the location cause I like the, no I called it that since I was by. a kid though yeah I'll definitely post the information for it um I'm one of the vendors for my active wear lingerie line that I'm starting and it's gonna be a few other vendors as well but it's a lot of really cool people you know and they're they're very supportive people these are the type of people that if you sell a hat they'll buy it because you're selling it Right. Yeah. Support the entrepreneurial ground. Yeah, yeah. She Sierra does a really good job of making that um, a thing. You know, if you come out, make sure you're supporting at least one of the people here in some type of way. So um, she's doing a really great thing. Oh yeah, I'm just being on the topic of like that kind of stuff. So um, Shorty is doing. Girl, I introduced you to. She's doing a. What's her name? My bad. Shorty. He's talking to me like we're out on the street somewhere. I mean, we we in, a, in our studio where I'm comfortable, so like yeah, yeah I'm saying, I, I'm I did street. think that may be your first name. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. So Greeny, she's doing a um a prom giveaway. So she she has people donating dresses on their time for girls who are underprivileged that can't afford to like go out and buy a dress or stuff like that. So like I know your mom is a seamstress and stuff like that. So if you know anybody in that realm that's doing anything. If you guys know anybody, you makeup artist or you like make clothes or anything, and you want to donate, do something good for somebody. I think we should do a giveaway. We should do a Nitty Knocker send them the prom. Yeah, Nitty Knocker send them the prom giveaway. Like that's the like a guy and a gal, and get them a a nice ride. Like a some kind of like a strip limo. Yeah, like a raffle. I think that's a great way to interact with with the public. Yeah, give them a really cool experience. Try to get like some gift cards to restaurants. You know, something for like lower. Lower class or um, underprivileged people who really can't afford it. Can't afford it, you know. Like some, some of us are lucky, you know. Like I had great prom. That was awesome. Yeah, so like, I mean, I know you do makeup, right? Uh, I beat my own face. Right, so like, yeah, so like, personal beats. When is prom season? Like May or June? Now. 
now. April, May. Yeah, so like yeah, it's the end. I mean, end of school year. Turnabout, you guys know turnabout, right? The, the spring dance in the middle of the semester. Oh, we didn't have that in uh, the city. CPS. Will you go to CPS? No, it's a public high school. It's a public school, but it's in Northwest suburbs. Like, yeah, CPS. They don't do nothing cool like that. It was like know. yeah, but, well, <laughs> the girls asked the guys. It was like it was like homecoming, and then turnabout was like basically the beginning of March, and then we had prom at the, uh, yeah, the girls asked the guys. That's how it was dope. <laughs> that is cool. Like, they, they should do that here. Yeah. Well, Whitney Young, we do a lot of really yeah, cool yeah, stuff yeah, at Whitney Young. Yeah, we look forward to doing it at Whitney Young. Blue Ribbon, we were smart. <laughs> <laughs> but. Now, to top it off, though, like, if, for all the information, we're going to put it on these knockers. Yeah, we'll put it on the website. We'll put it on the promo page. So, makeup artists, designers, whatever you do creative, like, we can use you to give back to. Yeah, even if you want to just give gift cards or coupons to your services, your for your time, um, you know, wax tinkers, yep, all of that. Nail salon, anybody, you know, um, and maybe we should go do our rounds. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I definitely want to touch on guns because I always like to talk about politics. You know, I don't like to, but I do, you know, because it's necessary sometimes. But we have seen another man gunned down. In and Chicago. it's very. Was he? In, that wasn't Chicago, was it? I mean, well, they caught another man gunned down. That's yeah, well, in in yeah, a cop has uh, shot cops, another. He, he, two cops have shot him, right? He's twenty times, I believe. He's in his yeah. backyard with a cell phone. So my thing with guns now is, and I do have something really cool about guns that uh, helps the communities as well by it's this group here called Umedic Chicago and they teach teenagers or anybody who's willing to learn how to help someone from a gun wound to help them to not die Um, and it's called Umedic Chicago I'm really trying to get them involved to get them on the show to talk about what they are doing to help people who are victims or um, are wounded from guns so yeah that's a really cool thing that stays out of like the political issue and just like Puts forth a solution. Yes, definitely puts forth a solution. Because it's going to happen. People are going to get shot. And like, people rather than like, freaking out and like, just stand there, like, because you get to like, put on, like, what's it called? Um, tourniquet? Tourniquet. Like, if someone's like pumping out blood and like clog it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of ways to, from what I was even reading just on their site, you know, they gave a little insight on how a 16 year old girl helped a dying man. He came there and said, I need help. I'm, you know, somebody help me. And she was able to prolong his life. And then um, get them to a hospital. Yeah, and I thought and that was, like, really interesting. But my thing with guns is, are they are the rules limited to just civilians at this point? You know, because it seems like a cop with a gun mm-hmm. can pretty much do whatever, do whatever he yeah. wants. But when a civilian, it's more of a... Um, more of a color thing with when when it comes to civilians. But cops have no color, right? Cops can pretty much shoot everybody up. And get away with it because they have valid excuses. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's definitely like I mean, guns are like a crazy issue. Obviously, we have like Second Amendment and all, and all that stuff. I didn't know whether you were going into guns or like police violence, but um, I mean, there's definitely I think a lot of it comes from from just our research because we've been politically like invest in investigative politics since we've been in the music for like eight years, and like a lot of it is like shoot first like training mentalities from these programs where like. They have basically the legal, um, uh, what's it called, the liability, like, out through the police departments where, like, they're training them to shoot first, ask questions later, and that's kind of, like, in their laws, and it's kind of passed through, like, the local townships where 
people don't get that like a lot of them are getting prosecuted because it's written into their law. Mm -hmm. Um, to like, uh, you know, go to like your local governments and actually see what the laws are to make sure that, you know, it's more pro civilian, but also accountability. Like you're never going to fix the issue of like a cop shooting someone when they shouldn't have, if no one ever gets in trouble for it. Like there's so like, I mean, there's, there's good cops, there's bad cops, there's Mm -hmm. good, good, bad, all, all types of people. But if you're, if there's no reason for you to, like, check your own actions, like, if you don't expect any consequences, then you're never going to change your behavior. So far, with what I've seen, that every cop that has shot someone, I honestly felt like they were used excessive force. Yeah. None of them have been charged or indicted. There's, there's a dude, uh, I think it's, it's Michael, I think it's Michael Craig or whatever. It was, like, North Carolina. The dude, the video of the dude running in the park and he shoots mm-hmm. him in the back. Yeah. Michael Slager, I think is his name, is the cop that shot him. He, and then they tried to plant the taser, and this kid's filming from the fence. He actually got sentenced to, like, 25 years in prison, like, a little bit ago. But that's the first time I've seen it. But then there's a guy in Cincinnati, I think, where the dude was, like, trying to take his seatbelt off, and he gets shot in the head, like, right away. And that guy, that got acquitted. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then, it, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, does, it's, it makes no sense at all. There'll be times when maybe, um, like, uh, it's, it'll be, like, inverted where the cop did have, uh, like, a good reason to, like, fear for his life if the dude's charging him and has a weapon or whatever. But then that cop will, like, get in trouble, and then the cop that should have gotten in trouble doesn't. I mean, I don't know. It does seem... Uh, it just seems no. like there's no... Um, okay. Like, everybody says that our laws need amending, which I do believe they mm-hmm. do, like, federally. But I believe that po- police laws... <laughs> Their guidebooks should be rewritten completely because we live in a society where there are a lot more people who are different from each other, a lot more people with different social standings, a lot more people with different financial standings, and the rules that some of these cops go by are just based off of off of stereotypes. And that and that's another thing that you need. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Sensitivity training. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you, like, I used to live in one of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago, just I had to move around there or whatever, but, like, I would see a lot of police interactions with the people on the street and how the people on the street treat the police. Now, there's a lot of black police officers in the city. Now, why do you have people who aren't, from, I'm not saying why people couldn't, like, work in black neighborhoods, but, like, majority, majority of police I saw in my neighborhood were white. Yeah. And so you pull somebody over, you know, and you're you're a rookie cop. You don't know that you never. You can't connect. You can't connect. You, if you're not from Chicago, you've never. It's some people that have never seen or interacted with black people a day in their life. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're in like in a low income urban neighborhood where people are on drugs, they are drinking, yeah. they are intoxicated, you know. So which doesn't mean that they're going to be violent. They're just like they're off their on it, rocker, off the rocker, you know. So, and I can understand like a big black guy, your size. You know, and a white guy my size, yeah, you know, yeah. like, being like what you you've know. seen on TV and what you've yeah. seen, like, you're scared. Yeah. You know, no one, no, there's no sensitivity training for these police out here. And, like, I feel like, honestly, he's a black and white cop working together. Yeah, right. He takes the rookie around and he's just like, yo, this is, these these guys, like, they're so chill. familiar yeah. with the setting that they're working in. Right, yeah. yeah. No, because it's so true because you all, you see situations where it's like, like, I mean, there's certain shows where, like, the, the, like, if you do have black cops down there, and they're just, like, they're, like, shaking up with all the guys, like, hanging out. And you can tell that they're either drinking or whatever, or, like, whatever's going on, but they're, like, like literally just chilling, and they see that there's no, like, violent threat, threat and they respect the cop, cop respects them. And, there's, like, there's, a, there's lenience to, like, 
certain laws. Like maybe if they were in like some some uh, totally safe like nonviolent neighborhood, they would be like, oh, you're getting a Republican tax ticket or whatever. But down there, it's like, okay, as long as shit isn't stuff isn't hitting. <laughs> Oh, I like doing that better. What? <laughs> 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 no, but everything uh, is and it's we speak because we we deal with Chicago police. Yeah, Chicago police are some of the most corrupt police officers. I would say absolutely. I speak on this because my son's mom is a cop. CCPD, like so, like a part. I used to, be, I used to really hate police until she became a police officer. Yeah, you know, but she's not a bad person. She just does her job, you know. Mm-hmm. But what I would like in Chicago is like. Police don't protect people here. They protect municipalities. They protect the taxpayer. Like, if you go to Hyde Park, you see a police officer every five minutes circling around, mm-hmm. you know. You go to Lincoln Park, you're, you're safe, you know, because who lives in Lincoln Park? Yeah. Well, upper income. Upper income tax paying people. Yeah. Who lives on 79? People on most people on welfare are not really contributing. People without resources. Yeah, people not contributing to society. But it's also yeah, in air quotes. It's also multiple multiple facets because, like we were saying, it's like there's more violence in certain in those neighborhoods where there's like you people are com- commit more crimes when they're on welfare when they don't have jobs when they don't have responsibilities. So it's like almost to a point where you don't the cops are like kind of uh, reluctant to go in that area because it's like constant stuff. Which is obviously, I'm not saying that's a good reason not to have it, but that's just some. A, a part oh, there's of definitely a, pro- but then a, a that problem. Turns in it, yeah, that turns it right, exactly. It turns it into a systematic problem because yeah. if your cops are intimidated by the neighborhoods, and yeah. you got good cops, you know, you have people who want to go out there and talk to these people and be, and who are really good friends with the people in the neighborhood and check up on them, but it's not up to the cops about if there are resources in the neighborhood. They can only do as much as they yeah. can. I put events yeah, yeah, together yeah. in lower income neighborhoods and a cop drove by and came in and he was like, If I knew you were doing this, I would go tell the precinct and everybody that all the kids that we work with that you're putting this event on yeah. in their neighborhood, you know. So there are when there's a resource there Right, they like they flock. They flock, but the thing that happens with that one resource that's there, it gets destroyed mm-hmm. because they only put one resource at a time. So it becomes a systematic issue. And honestly, the city of Chicago does not want to fund anything for people who can't afford it. They're creating the city to be more of the best place to go for a tourist mm-hmm. and for the people who are moving into the city to work. Right. For, uh, everybody used to want to live in the suburbs. Right. Now everybody wants to live in the city again. Yeah, Lincoln Park, wherever. And yeah. they're like separating. Like I, I think it's like a, also a nationwide thing where classes are getting separated more in a more polarized way. Where like there's not really a middle class as much. It's just like you're poor you're or you're rich. Or you're rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good. Right. Because then you have these 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 issues where these like um like like uh, just areas that are almost like uninhabitable. Like certain areas where there was one time I remember years ago where we were coming home from a show and the highway was like totally under construction and you had to do like a crazy detour through like certain side streets. And I had never been in that area and I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like this is crazy. Yeah, how are you even supposed to like, you know, why would you live there if you can't, if it's going to take 20 minutes up end around to get to work? It will probably mm-hmm. make you so sad to see how people live in 2018. In America, I'm not even talking about like. On the third, I'm talking about like here. Well, yeah, and like I mean, we like we when we drive a lot, um, touring around the Midwest, and we drive through, and like I mean, like I mean, we, we go to like the flavor states where it's like there used to be manufacturing, and whether it's black, white, Mexican, or whatever, it's just people that have like 
they're like totally lives have changed into just welfare in like gas stations. Well, I mean, like you were saying, like how everything's becoming poor or rich. It's like it's it's messed up because when you have people that are on the brink and like they can they can break through to where they can sustain themselves. Like there's something about like kind of like the welfare system and like just human nature of like kind of inherently like every person like wants to be a little bit lazy at times. So when you're getting something like and you don't have to grind it out to get past there or something happens to your family someone gets in, in an accident or whatever and like there's a or there's a situation out of control like the way this the way the welfare system is set up like it's going to drag people down and like give people okay, so I was the whole time I thought he was going to jump into the welfare issue in a second yeah okay yeah, yeah. but one thing I do want to say like I don't mean to be like the bleak be the bleak person on the show but um when it comes to police officers and like the city Rahm Emanuel scares me a little bit. I thought he's trying to create a, like, a police military. You know, he's opening up at least two more police academies. And closing, and closing uh, a hand more, another handful or two handfuls. Didn't they have like, the United Nations like military trucks for just driving around too? Like, there's, Why wouldn't that happen? It was like uh, this past year. It was like straight up UN like white like Humvees cruising through the city. But that's not... That's, that's probably, they're probably looking at us like, wow, these police are really already tripping because the UN, they put their police... Are cool, like they don't even carry guns. They actually, got, I mean, they probably got weapons in the car, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, I mean, they're I mean, not all. They're, it's like a they came in from the United States. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's a different kind of policing over there, you know. Yeah. But I don't think they're citizens. Like me as a black person, I'm walking down the street, like I see a police car, I'm like, man, he about to mess with me because like it's happened to me for no. I'm not high. I'm not intoxicated. I'm not anything. I'm just sober and I'm getting stopped. Can I see your ID? Yeah. Like. Come on, bro. But even more than just, like, police, because I don't want this to just be a topic of policing when it comes to the political thing. It's just the thing with the way things are being treated is just odd to me. Like, the way things are being amended, everybody's main focus is just to amend on the federal level. Like, gunless. I just want to know what Rom's plan is, because... Do you, you think he has one? I think he, 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 he like, I don't know, he's like a Batman villain or something. Because, like, hmm, basically, yeah, yeah, basically what he's doing is, like, you're, you know why, like, we have a lot of police officers in the city. They're opening up two more academies. Yet, 3,000 people have been shot already in 2018. Mm-hmm. So what what are they doing? You like, know what I'm saying? Like, maybe preparing for martial law on the south side. Yeah. And we bring us to our next topic, gun control. Like, what do you guys feel about gun control? Well, I mean, we're... We're pro- we're well, like I mean, really even, we there's are. there's more gun violence in Chicago with the toughest gun laws in the city than there are in a lot of places that have the most lenient gun laws in the city. So I like you were kind of saying at the end of that last topic, like um, you know, is it it's how people are like treating issues, not necessarily the legislature. And I think it's with gun control, if it's not guns are you know they're easy, they're more deadly than other things. But it's not. It doesn't pick up itself up and shoot it. Like it's a mindset issue. Mm-hmm. Or, or like violent things. And whether it's a knife or a car or a gun or a bomb or, or, whatever, or a bat. Like it's kind of like it seems so political to me. Like with this uh, current like push for gun legislation after the Florida shooting. But like there was the bombing, the serial bomber in Austin, just like. Three weeks ago. And nobody's trying to ban bombs. They're not, like, or the materials. Or the materials well, you know the reason they're not trying to ban bombs is because they're not calling terrorism. If they, they don't want to call anybody who does it on a local level a terrorist, yeah, you know, they, they look at it yeah. as, oh, it was just 
a crazy person. A crazy person. No, that's I mean, an act of terror. You're putting I'm, fear yeah. well, well, into no, people around you. Possibly, I mean, I guess the, the technical definition of terrorism is infl- uh, committing violence in, in a religious or a political cause. And when they watched this 25-minute video of the bomber who left away, he didn't really have any political cause or religious cause, and he was just talking about the hardships he went through in his life mm-hmm. that made him, like, just go crazy and want to do, like... So, in that sense, yes, it was terrifying and it inflicted terror, but, like, I guess in the legal definition of terrorism, like, he wasn't, like, a... same thing with the Bible, though. Like, I mean... People take words in the Bible and make them to mean yeah, whatever but, but, they want. Yeah, but in terms so, of like, yeah. Yeah, like, when it goes to the courts, they're going to be like, okay, like... Do we have evidence that he was acting for religion or a political cause? No, right. it's not terrorism. I say this. I feel like honestly, if black people or Mexicans or Muslim people did those exact shop of school, did some car bombings, change would happen immediately. Immediately. Well, I mean, because then it's terrorism. Well, well, it's a You say a Muslim person? Yeah, yeah, right. So if anybody that's not white, right? No, but well, if, and, and, and if the guy was doing it like, um, like if the Muslim person is doing it in the name of Islam, legal, legally, it mm-hmm. is it's terrorism. But like in the guy who shot up, um, like or the dude who there was a guy who bombed an abortion center like in the name right. of Christianity a few years back, he was a domestic terrorist, like, and he was a white old dude, like. So there is like, I mean, when you have like in the, in regards to the Muslim situation, like. Uh, it is like you know it's a it's a very controversial topic, and you don't really have like you know most Muslim people have brown or black skin except for that one country in Russia um, or near <laughs> Russia. Or no, it's, uh, but Serbia. What, I, what, I, what I'm trying to make is like yeah. when you are a minority, stuff gets done. It, it, wait, and it comes down hard. And the media, what the media does is like there was a um, I, I think he was Middle Eastern. He wasn't even Muslim because he didn't claim being Muslim, but yeah. he was Middle Eastern. CNN and Fox News painted him to be a Muslim, and, and like he wasn't Muslim, he was brown. Well, how do you know? Because I mean, he he didn't he was American. His parents like second generation. Well, yeah, he's still be an American. Yeah, American. but he didn't he didn't claim to be religiously inclined to do any of that. Oh, stuff, and I mean, know. in and I mean, in those situations, like if we, you know, if we're gonna dive into that, I'd be like, well, like literally, I need to see like the sources yeah. and that stuff because it gets intense. It's like okay, like we're we're talking about legal definitions. I'm like, because I understand that for sure. I'm like. Like, I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of white people in the country who are like just atheist or unagnost or agnostic, and like when you have like if they're doing that, it's just like maybe they they are actually you know people always say when it's a white person they're mentally ill, and when it's someone of color there's a religious cause, and I think the two main ones are like white people are mentally ill, and then a brown person who who's a Muslim and. You know, if he, before he blows himself up, screams Allah Akbar, it's like, well, <laughs> like, that's that's terrorism right there, you know? And, like, if the guy if the guy in um, Parkland, like, the, you know, Nicholas Cruz, like, if he's, you know, he said he thought, like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of so, shady stuff. So do you, that. yeah, and yeah, the, that, that's the media true. coverage yeah, makes it so much more shady. What's up? The media makes it so much more shady. Of so uh, the Parkland one? Yeah. I mean, dude, the, oh, the Parkland one is so messy right, right now. We should have an episode about conspiracy theories. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, like, I'll bring you back if you're about it. Yeah, 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 I mean, when I said we've been investigating politics for eight years, like, it goes, 9-11 was in. Oh, yeah, we have to. Okay, so gun control, like, I think you do need, you do, you do need, people who have mental illnesses cannot be buying guns, but the thing that, like, I mean, that's why this Parkland thing is so weird. It's like, how, how does the, how does the police not show up to his house 40 times? 
but he's getting called. He's pointing gun at his mom. the FBI saying, mm-hmm. this guy is going to he's shoot saying he's going to be a school shooter. You know, in my personal belief, like, I think that when, when, when things are allowed to happen because they know the country's going to be in an emotional state and then maybe gun, gun laws can be passed at that time, it's not necessarily for the safety of the people, but you have people at the higher corporate power structure trying to disarm mm-hmm. America, and that's a colorless thing. It's like, you know, this one of the guys listening to Maui, you know, we would, like, and that's what we were yeah, right. about earlier. Like, Hitler took the guns, Mao took the guns, Stalin took the guns, and if you if you take the guns away, then the government doesn't fear you anymore. Mm-hmm. And if, if you, you have no ability to fear from there's tyranny. There's 30 million America. Americans out there with guns and 100 million guns legally purchased, like, there's no government tyranny that's going to take over the American population right now. I mean, without my my, I kind of bias when it comes to like gun control because like yeah. I'm like you're legal or law-abiding citizen, you have to have a gun. Absolutely, hundred percent. Like, and I don't. We're pro Second right Amendment, right? But at the same well, time, well, there's still some things about the Second Amendment that just are tacky and tasteless because well, I mean, it's more about. My thing with gun control, I feel the same way. Like, because of the fact that guns have been introduced into society, we need them. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There's no way that the world can be gun-free. Right. At all at this and point. guns are the reason why we got our country in the first place. Exactly. Bullies. To defend ourselves from the British. Bullies, in a sense, whatever. Yeah. You know, we came here, Americans came here and did what they did to take over and do what they wanted to do. Guns are a part of our history. Now, I think with guns, they... And even with the high, like, it's talking about it from, like, the higher ups and, like, this small group of people who collect all of this wealth from everything that we do, and then there's the rest of us mm-hmm. who are liable for all of their mistakes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to guns, I think it's more than just a mental test that people need to mm-hmm. take. You know, like, people can literally turn 18 and go and get a driver's license, get a, a gun license, yeah. And they don't ask you anything or they don't question anything about like your background, training. where you're from. Well, you get a gun license, you do have to have some training, you know, to get oh, yeah. a yeah. 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 It seems when you put it, like, on its face that, like, a dude could be in high school, turn 18, and just... And, and have nothing on the record and roll up and buy a gun. And my head, I'm just like, oh. I watched a video. I watched a video on Facebook. This kid was in Texas, this little white kid, right? He went into a liquor store. They're like, what are you doing here? You can't buy any liquor. Get out. He went to a little gas station to get a lottery ticket. You're not 18. Get out. He went somewhere else. He went to another getting back 12 or 13. He goes to a gun shop. I swear to you, they let him in. He leaves out with the gun. <laughs> I mean, I think I've I, I, I've heard of one video that was a that was a hoax of that, but it's probably a different video because I don't remember the, the guy said, "Oh, I bought this with an expired license." And because the, the, the part about the, the part about the loud ticket and the liquor, I I don't recognize that. So I mean, exactly, but that's true though. It's like. It's like liquor twenty one, a gun eighteen. Like I mean, well, like, I guess that's good because you, can serve you don't want to drink you can't drink alcohol. Like, yeah, that's, it's that's definitely a lot of things about our government. And I think honestly, our the things that are being focused on by our president at the current moment um, are a little too personal for me. You know, instead of looking at things on a massive level, mm-hmm. you cannot just think about you and what your people need. You know, like, I get it. You're rich. You want to make sure your tax cuts are this, this, that, or that, whatever. But you cannot be a selfish leader. You just can't. You have to. And I think too many presidents have been selfish in their agendas, thinking that their agenda is the way to fix it's things in society. Democrats on the road right now because, like, since he, since he touched on a little bit on, about, like, uh, conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. I really want to have a, like, whole after that whole, like, that whole Las Vegas. 
Yeah, but Las Vegas shooting is, is... The Democrats want gun control to happen. Like, and right now, I feel like the Republicans are going are to be in the House for maybe the rest of this term, and maybe, depending on who runs... Uh, who, if whatever happens in the, over summer is going to see if they take the House back or not. I don't think they will because they're, you know, just because... I mean, how do you know how to feel when you have this big, like, power authority trying to make you emotionally involved in something you don't want to be? Cause, like, like you should, you should, yeah, with the shooting, like, you, yeah, yeah. you, sit, at, you sit at home watching TV and you're like, 56 people killed? I know. You you become in, immediately emotionally invested mm-hmm. to this story. Now you're like, get all the guns out of here. Exactly. We don't yeah, want yeah, them, yeah, you know? Yeah, right. So it could be an agenda. It's always an agenda. 100%. 100%. It's all uh, emotion-driven, like, um, let's see if we can make people act in this moment, like, right as the voting is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think a quote is from Rahm Emanuel, maybe, uh, don't let a good crisis go to waste. And, like, and it's just, like... No, it is just... Right. Did you guys see uh, Independence Day, too? I actually no. did. Um, I'm trying to... Yeah, yeah, no, no, I did, I did, I did. You know, I did. It was... A, I liked the movie with one part... It was a little, little, little wacky. It was, a little, it was wacky, but... He said, tragedy brings America together. After that, well, yeah, that's definitely another. It's, it's a double meaning. Yeah, it's like it's true, but also it's, it's like pass away your family and everyone I'm, oh gets over their. Problems. Yeah, but like think about nine eleven. Like, yeah. like the first then month, they, then everybody was flying American flags. God bless America was on every oh, yeah. billboard. Like just approval rating skyrocket. Yeah, we were all like kind of like united. People checking on it. it kinda, and then the airports installed the TSA, and now go you know before nine eleven you could just roll up on the plane and do whatever. Right after nine eleven, it's like you got to get pretty much molested before you go on. <laughs> yeah. So they and then they think they're cool because they, they were together. They were together. We need to all be protected. Like, yeah. So they let's roll in and just make people more control. And TSA doesn't do anything. I have a friend. Yes, they just dare to make people feel safe. Or, yeah. or, or uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. And, and make and there's, there, I, I've seen like a, like undercover uh, kind of studies of TSA where people are like ha- are like straight up wearing guns and, mm-hmm. and like weapons, they make it through. And they're going through and they're like it's, it's, it was ninety eight percent of knives, guns, and bomb material make it that, that that they did through. They did like a hundred different airports. What airport are they going to? Because yeah. like, oh, we got some space. They're not, they're not, like, walking with the rifle around their neck, but, like, they're probably putting it, like, you know, maybe inside a case inside their pocket where, like, they're just going through and, like, you know, if you're, if you keep something, if you just have a sweatshirt on or whatever and, like, right. you have, like, you know, just something, a little fanny pack. Something that's, uh, like, modern and concealable that the these people should be able to detect, you mm-hmm. know, and they're not. Right. right. You gotta, you gotta fucking... Right, so, we got, like, uh, so we don't... But yeah. I also think, you know, just because, like, I'm very open to different opinions. Like, I don't consider myself Democratic. I don't consider myself Republican. I am really into, like, yeah, independent. Libertarian. In a sense, but it's, to me, it's more, like, about just being progressive. Like, it's literally about what makes sense for the government. Some Republican values are amazing. Some Democratic values are amazing. But I think people are just still mm-hmm. stuck in this, oh, you voted for this person, you voted for that person. But instead of, get that you almost made me I say it. Like you got to be careful we're calling yourself a progressive because... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have claimed if it, but I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just moving forward. Progressive so, yeah. is for. Like, I'm still, like I said, I'm still in the process of learning everything, but... Yeah, well... Uh, oligarchy, oligarchy, how do you say that? Oh, oligarchy. Oh, oligarchy or oligarchs. Tomato, tomato, you know. Literally. It's a society that I honestly don't really want to be a part of because I'm a person who's going into owning a business and doing things like that, and I just don't think it's a fair way of 
streaming. Like, if you have a hundred bucks, forty, sixty bucks goes to the top. Like and the free market as a small business owner. Yeah. Oh, and less regulation, less regulation, less fines. Yeah, and like, like just you know, more beneficial. Make fair, you know. Um, make fair. Like, uh, fair, fair means a lot of things, you know. This is what I realized though. Like, you, this might sound bad, but like, you need. I always wish it was like you need poor people, like you really do. Like it might sound yeah, wrong, the full spectrum. Yeah, you need yeah, a full spectrum. You need a strong middle class. You need a strong, and that's what which we don't have. No, exactly. You have a strong welfare class, and it, well, it's, which is like when I say strong, I mean, it's like you know, it's a, you know, the irony in it. It's like it's constant, it's but it, it's on purpose. It's deliberate. Like like I, you know, we're under the belief that for many decades, the, the people in power have been trying to bring America down to like a third world country. So that you can, I mean, so they can have literally the Hunger Games. So they have the power structure people floating up top with all the peasants down below. And, like, if you have people in the middle class or you have one a superpower like America that isn't, that doesn't have any, you know, not many poor people at all, which we do now, but if you had that, it's hard to, like, kind of create, like, a global government and all that. because you It's have, hard to be, have a really elite society of, you know, small, concentrated people when everybody's kind of got something. And it has the opportunity to grind. And, and it turns into, like, with other people. And know. that's why net neutrality is very important because if you do not have access to the resources, and that's why they want to get rid of it because too many people have access to very beneficial resources. When you have control over the Internet, only the people with the money to afford it can see it. So net neutrality gets a little tricky because, like, there's, like, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's an investment. Well, it's, it, they, it's like when they call, like, the Patriot Act after 9-11. They call it the Patriot Act, and it sounds so good. Like, you're going to want to vote for it. But what it really means is that the government can spy on your data by subpoenaing AT&T. Yes, that lovely bill. So, right, exactly. So net neutrality on its face sounds like it means neutral net. But, like, I mean, it's super, super confusing. But when you, like, run it backwards and look at it, like, it's basically saying that, like, not necessarily data companies. It's it doesn't attack. Okay, this is what it does. It makes people that provide data, like Comcast and stuff, whatever. Let's it equals all of them out and makes sure that they can't um they uh, they can't throttle right. people's speeds. But what it doesn't control is the social media giants and Google who can actually go in and mm -hmm. start censoring people. So sure, you guys can all have access to it, but are you even going to exist on our platforms? No, they can just 1984 you delete all your profiles and then cool I have access to the internet but can't get on Google can't get on speech, so, uh, Twitter it's like give you a little bit so you think it's all good like okay my data can't be throttled I, I'm gonna have equal access to the internet but then like he's saying written into the bill is like the overall power to censor you because they're treating mm -hmm. social media giants as guys who just started a company not, so they're not like, as they're, like right because Google Facebook, and Facebook and Twitter and Amazon at this point are public utilities where everyone's using them to survive. Right. So if you start and shutting, operate. yeah, so yeah, operate and run your business. So if you start shutting people down on those, that you That's know, the real discrimination. Like you, you're going to see pushes soon for an internet bill of rights, where basically the bill of rights gets transmuted into the internet, and you're not allowed to try and turn. You pretty much can't turn someone off online. You can ignore them, but you can't like totally remove them from the, the, the town square that's on the internet. Yeah. Oh, okay. But net neutrality... See, see, this is why I like knowledge. That's why I was also interested in having you guys yeah. here. Because you guys are like, uh, you know your stuff. So uh, I well, literally wrote notes today. Like, I want to make sure right. I know what I'm talking about with <laughs> you guys. No, I, I, I really like having thoughts like this. I really want to like, get it with you guys have a couple of beers or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm such, I love conspiracies. 
Oh, we go down the rabbit hole dude, all the way. Dude, like this? Like to the end. No, like, we're going to have some talks in, bro, because, hey, I'm all out. Street, like, Illuminati. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. You find yourself, like, knowing so much that it makes your brain hurt, and it is like, everybody around you just sleep, because you, like... I mean, well, it's, it's not even knowing so much, but being aware of so much. And yeah, it, you know, like yeah. how little people are aware. You're like, how do I even like com- uh, connect with you, or like, I, I, like you know, you're on a different wavelength at a certain point. Right, and at a certain once it goes so deep after so many years, it's like, man, it would take me like six months of like red pilling to like catch you up and like, you know, like where are we even right now? And like, what's messing us up is the information age. Like we have mm-hmm. access to like. 80 years ago, they can pull all of this stuff. Like, police brutality's been around. Mm-hmm. Everything that's going on has been around. Exactly. Right, everything yeah. is the exact same yeah. that it's always now been. Now it's just filmed on an iPhone. It's harder to get away with now. Yeah, because yeah, everybody can see what right, you're doing. Right, yeah. on the same aspect. And that's why they're trying to censor the stuff right, on the internet. Right, social media companies. Like, if you post a video of, like, say there's, like, a police shooting, and you got a video of it that is totally, like, that you can see how wrong it was. It'll destroy the narrative. It'll destroy the narrative. Okay, Twitter deletes your video. Well, you had the government. Oh, you had the government okay. reach out to Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and they're like, they like, demand them say, if you guys don't want to get this, this violates our, our terms and guidelines of like violence and like obscene and uh, you know different whatever they write into their rule books, so it's so broad that that they can use it when they need to. And the government is leveraging them with antitrust laws because all these huge companies could be hit. Like, Microsoft got hit with antitrust laws back in the 90s for being too big and having too much control. Isn't that what's happening with Facebook right now? No, that's, oh. that's even worse. But all these companies should be, Amazon should be hit with antitrust 10 years ago. But the government's like, as long as you play ball with us and let us tell you when we want to pull data down behind closed doors, we'll let you guys keep running. So that's when you see a video, that's why net neutrality, it lets the Internet data providers, like AT&T and Comcast, it, it talks to them, but the social media giants, get to sneak out of it, and they, and they operate, got to deal with the government. They operate on those, con- those Internet providers, but they're already almost as big as the Internet providers themselves. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, it's, the, it's, it's a crazy back and forth. So if anybody's definitely interested, we cannot go outside. We definitely should go into a little tunes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was spicy. Yeah. I like that, though. I don't remember that. that UFO video that we all saw of that, like, blue, like, it was like a... No one saw. Um, is it when the thing opens up? Oh, yeah, it was, like, it? it was like in Cali. It was like this big. Oh, that was a SpaceX where it was a big cloud in the sky, right? Was that real? It was. It was. It was. It was. It was t- SpaceX was his Tesla's um, aerospace company uh, testing no. a rocket over California. Elon, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. It yeah. was a crazy like cloud like. That looked really. Yeah. Cool. It looked like yeah. a sperm. Yeah. It looked like a sperm. But that's, yeah. a, that's a, it's a sh- <laughs> entrail of a, a rocket like, that's supposed to go into the, into the atmosphere and come back in, but they just test it over the horizon, so it does basically its re-entry rockets over the horizon. That's why it's super unnatural. Because normally that would happen out in space and it would come back down. But they're just going sideways almost. Because it was so. I, I don't think Tesla kind of told people. No, he didn't. But we're going we're gonna to have <laughs> some other fun. This is great. Like, we're going to definitely do an after-hours um, recording, maybe somewhere. I, we're definitely going to set that up because yeah, this sure. can definitely go into really cool places. I, I like you guys. The uh, is mutual. So, Marie, the DJ, is here, and she's hey, going Marie. to intro us with your music. We are going right. to play a couple of new songs by the guys, by Marie. Milk and Cooks. And so, time. hopefully, you guys got your milk and cookies, and you're sitting by a fire or the, yeah. a bonfire pit or at the lakefront or whatever you're doing in here. Yeah. Vibing out to Milk and Cooks right here on Nitty Snackers. Oh, Marie. I'm like, why you calling me? Oh, no color, I think. I can't call. 
Well, she preached that last song, didn't you? Get your freak on, Marie. All right. I like that. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Oh, yeah. I was missing. Oh, where's Marie? Where's Marie? Where's Marie the DJ? Right here. Now, guys, those two songs. After we talk about these two songs that you sent me, we're going to do our um, unicorn gospel with the tarot cards. All right. But um, tell me more. Starting with song one. So the first song was Side Piece. That is our latest original release. Um, we've been working on it for a few months. It kind of came together when our buddy Karma, who's the vocalist, rap, he, rap, rap, he's a hip-hop vocalist. Like he does, he, That was kind of singing, but he raps, you know, too, obviously. But it's amazing because, like many artists that are trying to make it, he's a construction worker all day long, grinding, but he's a really talented writer. And we're homies with him through a few friends. And he, he was up at our studio with James and, and showed James, like, a hip-hop beat with a hook that was that hook. And uh, it was, like, a little bit different mix, whatever, no verses, just like a... Oh, it was just a stripped-down beat. It was a basic beat with that hook. And then he, James is like, yo, you got to hear this hook. So I, like, I freaked out when I heard it, and I'm like, oh, my God, dude, pull the beat off, give me that hook, and then I'll recreate, we'll recreate the song into something that is our style that is, then it can be, like, you know, our collab or whatever. So... Um, was working on a, a few different like beats or, or whatever like kind of productions, but I got the general like composition down in terms of the chords and the, and the progressions and how things will move. Um, but I had one drop that was pretty lame, um, but I had dope chords. And then we went to Nashville. We went to Nashville to work on music with a few friends for a few days, and we met this kid Tony, who's an amazing piano player, like a 19-year-old like savant at piano. All he does Tony is Cheddar. Tony Cheddar. Shout out to you, Cheddar. Um, and I showed him the vocals, and, and he was like, you know, I love it. I'm like, can you do, like, a soulful rendition of my chords, like, and play it how you play it? So, like, that Alicia Keys-style playing that he's, like, slapping, that's Tony doing our chords. Then I dropped those in. And while we were at Nashville, because I'm, like, so inspired by the, the environment down there with all these kids that are so talented, I was just sitting at the kitchen table, and I just kept, like, it's crazy when you – to make a cool drop or whatever, obviously you have to have your skill set, but you can't be, like, thinking too much about it because, you know, thinking is, like, almost blocking it. You have to just, like, uh, I was listening you to... You got to do it, Nike. I was listening to... Uh, just do it. It's called a new, a new Awakening. It's, like, Eckhart Tolle's second book, like, The Power of Now Guy. And he was saying how um, you have to, like, it's already there. You just have to let it come out. So I'm, like, grinding on the kitchen table and just doing things, not thinking about them. And a few, like, beautiful mistakes came together in terms of, like, that crazy winding lead during mm-hmm. the drop and, like, the head-banging type vibe. Um, but At I, the same damn time. Yeah. That's what really pulled me in about it. I'm listening to it, and, I'm, like, I was telling you, it's just, like, I can be in my kitchen, like, vibing and cooking, mm-hmm. and I can be in the bedroom vibing, right. or I could be at a party yeah, sure. vibing. Yeah, like, yeah. you got so many different elements from one song, and that's, like, to me, especially with electronic music in general, people don't really associate electronic music with feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's very, yeah, it's it's very cookie cutter and like very everyone's like, trying to copy. Rhythmic, like it's for people that are effed up at a show that want to feel the bass. Well, I know, like I mean, we playing at our at, at our rooftop party in Miami, and like everyone like once it hits, like everyone's just like snapping their body. But they're also hammered. But like <laughs> a, a huge goal of ours. Those people always, don't drink, dude. <laughs> a huge goal of ours has always been though to like combine the rhythmic awesomeness of dance music with the emotional stuff, uh, the emotional side of other music. But, and, I mean, we always talk about, like, 
question and answer. My dad plays guitar, and he always talks about, you know, have everything you're playing be a conversation. Like, you, one part of the melody is a question, and then the next part is the answer. And in that drop, it kind of has that where it, like, winds up and headbangs, and then it snaps to, like, the break beat. Do, 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 whatever. Uh, but, yeah, that I mean, she said talk about the song. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of like the technicalities of no, the Yeah, for sure. I know, but I'm just making sure the audience is staying engaged with the whole... I'm sure they want to hear behind the scenes a little bit. I'm going to be... I'm, that's, I mean, that's basically it. So but much. that's beautiful, though. Like, honestly, that's what I like. Like, when you feel enough energy or enough passion to go that deep into... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's what exactly. drives a show, in my opinion, especially when we're... Because people who listen in and everything, they're just like... Right. How do you how do you do that? Or I want to be like you, or yeah, yeah, yeah. might be a new person like yeah. And I didn't even know I use Fruity Loops or I use this this program. Yeah, or, or I thought they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, you know, but you guys actually understand like every the point nuance of, of it. Yeah, creating a song it's very tedious. So, I created I made a beat before, but we won't go into that. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about that song that I think is super special that um, adds to the fact that it keeps moving and it doesn't ever feel stagnant is that there's like three different chord progressions that occur and after the drop there's a totally different progression that kind of takes you away from the main beat and it kind of feels like i always describe it as like the movie like a like 20th century fox like it sounds like it's oh yeah yeah it sounds like it's wrapping <laughs> up it's like duh and then why are you calling me yeah back to the hook so having those it's for anyone who's listening if you're composing stuff and you're trying to figure out why it's getting boring try reversing your chord progression or doing an alternate progression that is kind of just like a bridge away from the main idea to give people like an emotional change. And if the more you change the emotional content and the compositional content, the less you have to change the production and like the rhythm. Because uh, it's like people already feel different, and you don't have to make it sound that much different. And this is something that they offer on their our live stream live stream yes, on Facebook. We do. It's, uh, it's usually every Wednesday. Facebook Facebook dot slash Milton Cooks. Um, it might be changing on Monday. Yeah, we, yeah, we stream from like seven to nine p.m. for like almost two or a year. We're doing Wednesdays for like almost a year and a half, but um, we're just switching it up because I noticed like you when you go on random times, you'll pick up people that are like you know maybe 10 or 20% of the audience that has never been there before and is stumbling upon it. And now we have it very polished. Like, we'll be doing demos, giving people feedback, and our guy who does visuals at our shows has the whole back wall of our studio 3D projection map. So it's like a white sheet on the back sound treatment and then project, like, the crazy visuals. Right. Later. So when you're getting, when you're hearing your demo live and us giving you feedback, you're seeing it, like, pulse to, like, if it was being you know, at a... No, invite me to a sesh. I'll yeah, definitely yeah, be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we bring guests on all the time. Yeah, That'll yeah, be yeah. super cool. I'd love to analyze the music. Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially, you know. <laughs> we will, especially you gotta bring us to uh, Unicorn Cast, though. Yeah. Oh, I'll find more. Or, yeah. or I'll make you one. Yeah, yeah that'd be perfect. Sick. Specialized, Specialized midi knocker yeah, horn. Like little milk and cooks instead of ears. So when oh, you guys this, this is so cute. Um, we're playing this weekend. Um, live stream or actual show? Actual show. Um, all right, we, we're, we're, we're doing, so we have like DJ sets and like actual like banger shows where we're like the headliner like we have a couple of DJ sets this weekend we're playing a Joy District on Friday and then Tunnel on Saturday um and then we North, Chicago yeah Chicago. then we're going to Iowa this weekend yeah, if you guys, I mean, it's yeah, always no, a, we, it's we the best part. We're happy if you guys join yeah, us. Yeah, we, we still haven't gone to see Good Tech yet. Yeah. Oh, and Joe, Joe, he sometimes he's at like the same Venues, us. But I think we just like have like that. an Indian weekend. We go. Um, that's like I would be. I would be. It's not just me. Like this is something that 
it's like euphoric for me when I go outside or if I'm having a week and if I go outside, this, yeah, that too. Like outside, but you know, like to me, EDM is how some other genres are, like how hip hop might be for people to let out aggression, yeah. or how R and B might be for them to let out tears. Like electronic music, I used to dance too, so like this is just really like a a free for all, you know, and it, it's very. Very fun. When I go home, like, I was I, like, wait, what's the secret about, no, like, about no, me? No, when I go home, I like, I love EDM. Like, I, I, the way I grew up, I grew up in a park around a lot of, like, white people. Yeah. So, like, and my aunt was, like, the weirdest black lady ever. She's listened to, like, the Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton. So, like, I didn't do it. I don't sound that weird. No, but I mean, the kid who's parents, like, most of my cousins are listening to, like, The Temptations, like, all that stuff in the crib. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm over here listening to, you know, you know, so, like, my my taste of music is really different. Yeah, yeah. So, when I go home, usually the best thing to do is put on some EDM, like, okay, I like you guys' music because it doesn't sound like noise. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I like, 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 okay, can you guys... Specify the different genres of EDM. Well, it's funny because, like, I mean, just for everyone listening, like, honestly, we, if you guys turn our DJ sets, like, most of the time, like, we, we used to kind of be embarrassed of the, the, um, spectrum. The, no, the name, an open format DJ, because it sounded, we always thought it was more like a wedding DJ, but it's, that's not the case at all. Like, we, if you're a, I can use the ASS word, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a badass open format DJ, like, such as, like, DJ AM, who's not here anymore, um, where you could put, like, you know, some of the classic hip-hop, like, I'm a Barbie girl with house music, like, back and forth and everything, and, like, go through the uh, entire spectrum of cultures and genres and, like, pack it back and forth, that's what everybody wants to listen to, where it's a party pack one. Some people like house music, some people like EDM, like, all around, like, they want to hear nothing but electronic stuff. But even, got- even at those shows where the DJ's playing one genre... I'll see people getting tired and bored in the crowd. And to us, that's, like, the most, like, horrifying sight. Right. Well, you're not recognizing as a DJ that, like, you're losing half the crowd and they're just there because they bought tickets. And then we'll go up and, like, really throw on, like, it's like from Fat Joe lean back to (laughs) some, like, you know, literally, like, going through kind of, like, uh, reggaeton stuff into current electronics. We'll play, like, what's the dude, uh, Nicky Jam? He's like a huge like new reggaeton guy. Yeah. Like he's not gonna be like three million. Yeah, but he's new to us. Like, he's new to like the U.S. But, yeah, yeah, okay. but it, it'll be like we're playing like some like a early two thousands hip hop hits. Like he was saying, Fat Joe into like twenty eighteen Latin music that's like pop. And then creep up into house music and then play but, like yeah, we call it the yeah. house party. But in terms of like all the genres, I mean, you said you listen, you used to listen to dubstep. You got that the trap stuff. Now there's like tons of subgenres. The future bass music is like, or sounds like wavy, like. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah there's like, really there's really five. I like future bass. It's very pretty. And yeah, it's chill. Like, like it's like future coffee shop. Yeah, yeah um, don't like a, And then there's like you know classic house. There's music. like five types of house music, five types of bass music, and then there's kind of like the moon. The moon world. The tone is like almost like electronic Latin music. Yeah, but uh, if yeah, like for us, we never we're kind of like ADD dudes that never want to stay in one style. So having a refined way of incorporating everything that makes sense to me is like the most well and that's what's cool about electronic music is that like there's no rules genre wise and like you can really just like where as we came up as producers a new genre was getting hot every year like that didn't really exist so we're like okay now you kind of just have this whole like playground of like styles to work with Mm -hmm. and that's how like when you when you think of the best musicians in like the 80s 90s and 2000s like everyone was like they have their own sound it was like well there were still a few people that like they created their own genre of like how they 
played music, and even though it was acoustically or whatever, it was just their style, and now you can use all the electronic elements and, like, put it away in a, you know, how you have, like, kind of, like, R&B um, singers that will be doing, like, very, like, stripped-down electronic stuff, mm-hmm. and it's, like, yeah. super hybrid yeah. funk, but if, you have an, if you're an amazing songwriter... It'll rise to the top. But a lot right, of bands yeah. are doing like collabs with like a lot of different artists now. Yeah. Whereas not and just like, like what was the song with like from a few years ago with like Skrillex and ASAP Rocky? Like, oh, and really? it was like such a thing. I'm like, yeah. wow, the night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but I don't like people not saying like eating people automatically. Skrillex, Skrillex is. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them in concert twice. And it is too loud. Like, yeah, yeah. My ultimate song, though, honestly, my ultimate song by Skrillex that I just love with all my heart is the one with Damian Marley, which is like the reggae. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's it, Bundam? Bundam, yeah, like... It's not the yeah, cinema remix that Marie just played? Come well, on. I love... No, come on. I love cinema. It's it's just... No, no, no. That's what makes Skrillex one of the best producers is that, like, really everything he touches, like, is pretty much bomb. Like, he's not gonna, like... Even though people might, like, hate on him from, like, doing stuff with the doors or doing stuff with like, the reggae side and then going here and going there, like, ASAP. He um, kind of originated blending with other... Right, and he's just he's, 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 he's a talented musician. He's a lead singer. And guitar. So, like, he like can shred like a guitar. Black, black, uh, what do you call it? Eyeliner. Yeah. I mean, and he was, like, an amazing guitar. Did he dance like that one video? Where they're uh, all, like... I think he was close. When they all were getting oh, it cracking in that one video. Oh, from first to last. Like, yeah, I know. Google from first to last. You gotta see Marshmallow. I saw him once in a concert. I went to the Lala after party. He's loud, too, though. But I like his music when he puts out, he puts out good music. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. works with great artists. He, he, he came up with a song the called, latest, uh, the latest song he put out is, Please Don't Leave Without Me, I'm Tired and I'm Doing All My Own. I forget what the name of the song is, but it, I was like, this is like the most amazing, like, emo vocals on, like, a EDM beat. And then I looked it up and it's like, this is Marshmello's debut singing song. And, like, where he's singing it, and it's, like, straight up. Is yeah. it new? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's it's literally, like, some guy that... Uh, you, it's, called, it's called You and Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's if anybody finds it, just send that link over. But I definitely want to go ahead and get into the Unicorn Gospel. You know, it's just my, my heart, you know. I'm ready so for today, I, I'm going to start doing it with the tarot cards that were left to me by Bear V when she was on the show. She gave me a set of personal tarot cards. These are her first set, and I really appreciate them because they have unicorns. I love them. So we are going to go ahead and swim into the unicorn gospel. So. And you're a pro at the tarot? Um, I'm actually pretty good at it. I've really just studied, like, what it means to, like, be into tarot reading. It's not really, like, rocket science. It's just more about your intuition. All right, and how you interpret it? Yeah, how you interpret it, how you feel about pulling a certain number of cards. You know, it's never really a way to say this is your read, but something's telling me that I should just pull three cards. I don't know, your twins, but still triplet because I'm a part of something. I'm the new triplet. So three cards are practice. Share, oh, and family culture. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm excited. Okay, so the first card, practice. It says the best way to be good at a skill is to practice, practice, practice until you get it right, right? You guys, even with the investigative policing yeah. and Politics. journalism, yeah, all of these awesome little traits that you have, these are things that you take to another level because you practice them, because it's important to you, because you feel that it gives you the energy to talk about your track the way that you talked about it, where your brother's like, oh, my gosh, you're talking about it so much, you're going to nerd out. You know, 
practice does at any given time make perfect and passionate and passion that is very true like the more and it's something i've had fun even with doing radio like i yeah i got the the accolades and everything that goes with uh having the requirements to be on the radio or be a journalist or be whatever i have all of that but it doesn't make you good it's three years in for me now and i still don't feel like i'm good yet you know i still feel like i'm still reaching yeah, new yeah. places and now i'm i listen to the radio all the time and do all these things so practice is always golden and the second card says to share mm-hmm. you share our live streams on facebook no and it's like <laughs> no seriously it's like to me it's so hard to share that is another thing though people do they're scared they're selfish with their knowledge mm-hmm. they're selfish with the thing that they practiced and perfected and worked on so long they feel like no if you want to learn how to do it go do it yourself oh i do think, you understand i mean i think i think it's when when someone maybe hasn't perfected it that they're like when you are confident in your own skills like you, you know that no one's going to take your job then you'll just like you know pass on your knowledge to anyone. But that's like, a hey, good way of here. looking at it in a way of just like a culture type of thing. Right. Like in the next part, like family life. culture. Yeah. You know, like you guys might think that that's the way to go. Like, yeah, if I've perfected it, I want to share it. But some people will perfect it and never share because yeah. of the fact of whatever um, thing sitting inside of them or whatever they might have went through in their past yeah, or yeah, situations that anything. that hurt them. What? But like. Not to cut me off, but you cut me off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, spicy unicorn. No, but um, yeah, people, people don't, people want to see you do well, but not better than them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, no one wants to just admit that, you know, that I don't want to see you surpass me. So like, when I mean, you are really good at something, people see. Like some people have to learn the skill. Some people have raw talent. You yeah. Know? yeah. When you have raw talent, people are scared of that. So when they see like, you know what, she's a little bit better than me at this. I'll give her a little bit, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, it's like hard to blow up in your hometown because no one wants to be around someone that is like they, they, they grew they grew up in new they don't want to be like this is my guy like they're like oh, I I see him around like what's that what's the prophet thing yeah there's a quote in the Bible it's like even a prophet is without honor in his hometown like because they're like you can you can be Jesus in his hometown and they'd be like nah nah I grew up with him nah blush I know I know He's trying to do his thing, but he's yeah. on nothing. He's trying to like, like, you know, uh, walk the world. Walk on water and, and stuff, but not really. I thought he just walk on water like two days. Bro, I'm talking about Jesus in two blocks. And that's the thing, even with like, like with the family, family culture. I don't see that as in the sense of your direct family. Well, it's interesting. It's this family history. We literally just took like ancestry DNA tests, like a couple weeks ago but it's just ironic no that's actually really cute <laughs> but I look at it on more of a level my sister did it too I never did it but yes you guys are building a family you guys yeah, are yeah. building a culture around what you're sharing it from what you practice you yeah. know what I'm saying like every single thing you guys are doing is creating a community for people who want to do the same thing right. you know yeah, we those are random cards right they are very yeah. random I shuffled the deck and it's I said three, like, and that's what you know. My wife said, drop three cards, mm-hmm. and the first one is like, as soon as I said practice, it was crazy because we've been we trying did, to take it to the next we level. We just played uh, in Mexico, and Miami, and we were like kind of on a bender, and we everything's been going up, like up and well, but we get we always get a little bit distracted when we like are get are like offered a good time, like vacation, play in Miami, and Mexico, whatever. But when we came back, we were like literally had a conversation, like if we're gonna do this, we really got to do it. Like before we came to this interview, like two days ago, we were talking about. Uh, we're going to do, like, these 90-minute power production sessions 
every day, like really focused. Like set a timer on that. Literally just practice. Well, and the share thing because it's so funny because it's like, it's, I mean, it all makes sense. And like even when you said the family culture of like people want to learn how to do themselves, like one of the things that I've always like stressed like during the live streams is that like we've been on the grind for so long where like. You know, people are like, you know, I'll be ordering at Starbucks. Someone's like, how does it feel to be famous? I'm like, you have no idea, dude. We're, like, we're literally not famous. We're grinding, like, all the time. Like, still got bills to pay, like, blah, blah, blah. But teaching other people how to, like, have a sustainable life off of music where you can, like, have even a good or modest life, be free creatively, and be doing it full-time in music and not... When everybody tries to reach and, like, blow up, like, you're never going to get there because you're just lost in, like... You know, we lost in the fantasy of it. But if you could put a few steps together for a few years, and then all of a sudden you got like six sources of revenue, and you're like, oh mm-hmm. wow, like I don't have a day job. I'm doing music and creative stuff all day, and I have like a modest dope life. And now I can start building a family, and like I can do this for the rest of my life. It's like just showing people that there's you don't have to do a nine to five or a retail job. Or yes, job. and that's yes. What, you know that's what we've been like. That's you know, you still, right don't, still won't blow up. Yeah. You can still do. Yeah, you don't have to be famous or nine to five. Still make are some artists who have a, like, their, their shows may hit maybe six, seven thousand people. They sold out whatever little dreams they have. We may not have heard of them, but they still have a loyal fan. Yeah, like my yeah. fan is Doja Cat. Like, I swear, if I can get Doja yeah, Cat on the show, if I can touch her skin, we will be so sisters forever. I feel like, because she has such a strong face. Yes, I said we would. I did say she was my soul sister, but I also said that if we were friends, we would be unstoppable. Yeah, because I, I really channel, you know, like Doja is just well, my. You uh, you you uh, vibrate with her. Uh, yeah, it's like I've known you my whole life, girl. You know, like, but she, oh, you know, I would love to just be in the the realm of that. But that's what it's all about, and that's what this is all about. We're gonna go to some more music in a second. More about the environment you're presenting like the event i was telling you about was for the community to teach them how to be successful in the arts i had a dj i had a producer i had a writer i had a blogger i had a vision board person come in had a shea butter somebody who makes shea butter and oils come in and teach these kids how to do things in the creative world and say hey this is making me money you can do this you don't have to give up because you're not so good at math or you're not so good at Yep. Something. If you have something that you are good at, like drawing pictures, we ha- and I had a painter, you yeah. know, and everybody's in the room for the same cause to help people realize yeah, that you, you put can little be. Piece together. And there's so many different ways that, um, like, I think everyone is kind of like born with like a creative artistic skill, and then if you can't monetize it, you get forced into like the monotonous nine to five whatever skills that you learn that you really don't love. But there's Low so many different yourself. avenues of work. That like are basically like totally uh, using your creative ability. Even if it's like I'm not a painter, maybe I'm doing stuff for architects or mm-hmm. drawing up like yeah, freelancing. Like, you know, like uh, anything about graphic design. But there's there's so many jobs where you're you're using those skills. But it's like you and, know, and a really good example is like my girlfriend is like a, a crazy artist, a crazy drawer and artist. Like she could just sit here and sketch you guys out. She won like these architecture competitions. And she always had, like, dreams of kind of being a tattoo artist, realized she couldn't be a painter or whatever, and now all of a sudden she's, like, crushing it in, like, microblading, which is, like, you know, eyebrow tattooing and specific stuff. What? So, like, now she's sitting there doing, like, microshading, and microblading. Like, really, really good. Oh, and she feels, like, fulfilled. She's out there, with like, her hands. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah she's, exactly. draw- she's drawing, and then she's, like, starting to get into other stuff. She's getting into, like, listening to that where 
body mods, but it's like, you know, very intricate tattooing. And like, she never really thought that she, and it's crazy because it's just so natural. She's just like literally sitting there, started practicing it, and now like, it's like only people knew that you could just, you could, you know, you could find, find a job that over. You, all the things. I, I had a pretty good job, and like, I was moving, I was a manager and all that stuff. They were paying me like 18, I think, an hour. And I saw this post on Facebook. It was like, they, the jobs pay you 18 bucks an hour to get your dreams. I'm just like, literally. I'm out. Most of the time, people are like, how much you make an hour? And I tell them, like, you got a good job, but I was so miserable. Yeah. yeah. You know? And they pay you just enough to feel stable and. But you still broke. Yeah. Bro, and, and I, 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 we. And your dreams are broke. We've been doing music, <laughs> like, paying our bills from DJing and stuff since I was, like, 18. I lifeguarded for two summers when I was 16 and 17. Started DJing in college and paying all my bills then, and it's never stopped. And like when I like think about like even just being at that lifeguarding job, or like imagine someone who like I'm like oh if I imagine God, like that was my job. Like if I was there from like nine to six or nine to seven, and like not being able to like go play music or do creative stuff, like I feel like I'd be jumping out of my skin. And like that's because I know what the world's like on the other side of like the creative stuff. And when people are caught in that nine to five, like they're miserable. But if they could just like you know take six months and like take like. I mean, it'd be better to, like, you know, fail, like, trying to do what you love than, like, just drill yourself in the ground, I know, you know? I know. Be like, I, I used to stand to do all this stuff, and now it's like, you know, I have to work. work. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's all a part of growing. Well, it's already going to win. In creating a culture of entrepreneurship, of creative entrepreneurs. Enlightened entrepreneurs. Enlightened entrepreneurs. <laughs> Crossopreneurship. What? Creative entrepreneurship. Crossopre- that sounds bad. It does. But <laughs> Crossopreneurship. Crossopreneurship. Hey, for all the crosses in the world. It's a creative entrepreneurial porn. Well, see, it's a creative <laughs> word. People in, like, business suits. Yeah. <laughs> Pain. That would be so interesting to watch, just to be honest. Yeah, like, cross I'm sure there's a project out there. I'm, then, yeah, I'm sure it will come pay for me, baby. Yeah, right? I'll pay <laughs> anything <laughs> for you. Paint my toenails. It can get really yeah. sick. But I we're, <laughs> we're going to go into uh, about five minutes of the music. We're going to do a little quick mix with Marie. And then we are going to talk about five reasons why it's smart to get life insurance at a young age. I did not forget about that. Right here on Nikki's Maka. Oh, Marie. Yo, wait, 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 wait,
you did something. You ain't gotta wait for it. You ain't gotta wait for me to get my love. You ain't gotta wait for it. Seems like you're a sicky girl, I think that I'm uh-huh. I'm in the wrong when I know that shit gon' come for me. Yeah. Never gonna not touch that kid that you're not in the shirt too. Such a solid vibrato. Yeah. You guys ever need vocals on the track? Call Nitty. Right. For sure. I can only vibrato that well when I'm shivering and my mm-hmm. nipples are hard. There you go. <laughs> That's I'll the sample right there. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Look, I, I'm, I love having fun. But for those of you who don't know what you're doing today, right now, you're listening to Nitty's Rocker on Q4 Radio. I do this every Tuesday, 6.15 to 8.15. And we talk about really cool things like unicorns and why they're cool and why everybody should be a part of this family of unicorns or pegasus or jolly mythical creatures. Yeah, it's like it's like pegasus, pegasus and then pegasus that's one me. unicorn, right? Yeah. Isn't is, there, is there any? Is there other four? They you know, well, it's, no, it's me. Oh yeah, you're pegasus, right? I'm no, I'm nitty. Well, it's it's he's my pegasus, you know. That might be the most clever thing I've ever heard with the Pegasus. My Pegasus. Yeah. It's a bar, dude. It's a bar. We're all family here. I'm going to be a good family member and teach you all about more family culture, like life insurance. Everyone tunes out. Yeah, instantly. Like, "Eh, don't need it, right? That's usually what we all say. It's like, what? No, you tune out and then a piano drops on your head from in the Yeah, like, don't talk about it. But I just got life insurance. My mom actually helped me get it. She is a insurance agent. She was like, why don't my kids have life insurance? So I signed up and I'm talking to the lady and she's telling me all these things about why it's important to do it at a young age. Now, my grandmother is in her 60s and she has like in multiple sclerosis and the rot putty, I can never say it wrong, the P or putty, one of those. She has some muscle Apathy. issues. Yeah, she, neuropathy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has muscle issues. Um, And she only has the insurance policy from when she worked and retired years ago. She cannot get a a plan that's affordable for her at 60 plus years because she's old, sick. The chances of her are very, very high. I'm 25 for for now. I'll be 21. I'll be 21 in May. I what's it? Benjamin Button. I go backwards in age. But you know, I'll be younger and <laughs> I am younger. So my premium for a fifty thousand dollar or a hundred thousand dollar policy, I don't remember which one I got, but I'm paying twenty one yeah, that's what your payout is if you pass away. Accidental deaths are covered as well. And I pay twenty bucks a month to be covered oh, on the return on my premium. So that means that the price of me having insurance for 20 years gets doubled because I didn't croak. Yeah. Now, if I do croak or die, which is poss- which happens, you know, um, not to be as light about death as I am, but it is a part of, of life. My right. friend, Penny, just passed away last week. You know, we, it, it came out of nowhere, for us at least. 
she was sick. We didn't really know she was sick, but she was very young. She's 29, 30 years old and passed away. Uh-huh. How can her family pay for it? You know, you only get so much as a parent on your kids. You don't get as much as you get on yourself yeah. when you are a parent. You make sure that you are leaving enough mm-hmm. for your kids. So what's the next best thing to do? Make sure that your kids are covered as well because, or you yourself, make sure that you're covered because in the instance where you have younger siblings or you have family that you need to take care of as well, there's a way for them to have money to build a business or to put away for college funds or to do anything that's super necessary for life that's really hard to do. You're creating a pattern of generational wealth. Right. And, is and like, aren't there many insurance policies where, like, if you're still around, like, you've been paying in for 30 years and you're still around, you can pretty much just, like, take, like, they, they've earned the instance off it and you can withdraw the money as, like, a savings account? Yeah, that's the return on the premium. That's the thing that I do. So, like, if I don't die... Um, <laughs> you like, she's upset. You know, if I, <laughs> if I don't die, die and I live forever. Then they give me double my money, and then I can either replace it into a policy, or I can put it into other funds. I can put it into a CD, or right. you know, can you just straight cash it. You can straight cash it. You can withdraw it and do so it. They double the funds, so they double you to two hundred thousand, and you can take a hundred thousand. No, not doubling the two, not that part, but just the money you pay into it. Now, like with student, student like, debt, like 20, 20 bucks a month over the course of. 20 years is what you get back, plus interest. So, now, as far as, like... So confused. Well, if you... The thing is, if you died and you have no money for anything, your loans from school, your credit cards, everything goes to somebody else. You know, if you have the money in an insurance plan, then it covers those loans. You know, nobody has to pay back your student loans. Nobody has to pay any of your bills. You're covered. Plus, there's some left over for a family to make it to the next level. Let's say you had a baby, you and your girl not putting it on any. <laughs> but let's say you just had a little baby. It's like, man, I need life insurance. But guess what? If you would have had it right before you had the baby, it would have been a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everything yeah, yeah, yeah. is a little bit cheaper. When you're just chilling by yourself. And like I said, it's really about leaving a legacy. You yeah, know, you yeah. never know who that money. It could be a niece, a nephew. Um, now I get what you're saying with the pattern of generational wealth because if you have life insurance and you pass away, no matter what your kids are doing, they have a huge chunk of money. Yeah. A huge chunk of money to be able well, and hopefully if you're keeping like them. Dollar policies, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why they get them. Money. And that's why they get them because yeah. they have. They want their kid to be an instant millionaire, and, and, and it won't happen. And it won't happen when he's. 17, it'll probably happen when he's like 38, mm-hmm. and then boom, he can just fund Or him. even when he's 25, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. anything, so they they know that their business or their, whatever they got is going to stay intact because they have the money to reinvest. Some sick kid's going to find out their parents got life insurance and just be like, oh, dude, well, yeah, that are, happened. I know, it's, we, it's, I know that Bali thing that happened. A few years ago, I we, knew, no we knew the girl yeah. who did it to her, her mom. She had to put in a suitcase and yeah, she smoked parts. She, wait, 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 what happened? A few years ago, so, this girl we know cut her mom up and put her in a suitcase in Bali for insurance money. Her, her and her and boyfriend. Her back? Oh, I well, they not. tried to get back, but they're back. in jail in Bali. Oh, She was pregnant, too, but I think, I think she's back now. Um, I think the boyfriend is still over there. Like, he, he was probably the mastermind. No, no, that's what, well, she definitely was, but they were. Is she playing here? I think she's actually in prison. Is she here now? What's her name? 
Oh, I forgot because I didn't want to associate myself. Little devil. That exactly. You know. Yeah, it was definitely a tough situation. But overall, the point of it all is to say that we need to be able to ensure ourselves. And if anybody is interested in learning more about why it's important to be insured, I'm going to be doing one of my Glitter Talk YouTube videos where I just give the little facts that I know. Because I'm not going to talk about it in the way of an insurance agent because, like, it's confusing. Yeah. I'm going to talk about it in a way, like, if I wanted Louboutins and I couldn't afford them, at least I got racks to the side for business and pleasure that I can go and buy shoes with because I didn't die in 20 years. Oh, yeah, well, no, not if you wanted, if you wanted your kid to want it. No, if I wanted it, and I'm still alive oh, after, yes, after 20 you, years. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, so there. Oh, so, oh, yeah, so after 20 years, you say you get the money you paid in back? Mm-hmm. Plus, a, plus, yeah, it's like they give you more. So you just get that back, and then you can keep paying. Yeah, you just keep paying your... But then does your... Do you have to make it a certain... Oh, oh, you just keep paying. Yeah, the thing is so they reevaluate you, it's but 20, it's still going to be cheaper than it would have been if you just got it for the first time at 40. Right. So so how many... I mean, how many... Let's see. I'm going to do some math right here. You know what the insurance or the um, um, interest is? Well, on I mean, my policy, I'm not sure. It's just, I think it's the policy that I went through. I, I Omaha something. I, I don't remember what my policies were. But it's probably not Omaha good. Mutual? Yeah. Yeah, so our, our cousins are, and he, our cousin is an actuary who used to work for them. Probably didn't actuate you this time, but. <laughs> it's a great, I mean, I'm very happy for it, for me to be able to spend 20 bucks to be covered, you know, in the yeah. case of an accident or anything. But I definitely want to. Going to After Hours with you guys. Uh, our show, unfortunately, is at its end right now. Um, and definitely going to set up some sort of After Hours with Milk and Cooks. You can find Milk and Cooks by type, typing Milk and Cooks. Yeah, yeah. Don't say and. and. No and yeah, over and here. All i got to remember is and like nitty. Hey. Well, it's like milk and milk and cookies, but it's Cooks in the Kitchen, Kitchen Record Studio, blah, 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 blah. Do epic Shizzle. Woo! Milk and Cooks. Find them everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. On Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify. Pretty much all they care about is Spotify because they pay the most royalties. And if you are, uh, if you, if you still want to make music, tune into our live stream on Facebook and we'll tell you why your song sucks and how to fix it. Yeah. Which is very well, nice and honest. But. Oh, it's been oh. an amazing show. Right. I'm so Thank glad you guys Marie, having us. Marie yeah. came in and mixed it up for the last hour of the show. Scribble, scribble. Yeah. Scribbling <laughs> over there doing the thing. Remember, if you guys are ever interested in being a guest, sharing your good news, oh, yeah. well, sharing any be- solutions, hit me up at nittiesknocker.com or any of my social media platforms. You can Google it, nittiesknocker. Everything will pop up the way that it should be spelled. Not knockers with an S because it's not about the boobs. It's about... And Milk and Cooks are definitely coming back for a full uh, conspiracy UFO um, takeover while with, uh, with with beers included. Beers included. Yeah, let's do that. We're going down the rabbit hole and we're all getting we're red. We're all wearing simple hats and we're wrapping simple hats. Right. All right. Well, we're probably going to do this on Glitter Talks in the form of a year. Yeah, yeah. We might not be here, but it's going to happen. But thank you guys so much for being a part. Thank you, Marie, for... Thank you. Sliding best way and having some fun with us. Yeah. And until we talk to you guys next week, I'm even wow.
April's booked up already. I even. Oh, y'all figure it out. Maybe you guys come out with us on Saturday. I mean, if you come out with us for a full night, it's it's loco. Well, I'm always ready. We play twice on Saturday, and then we just you know. Yeah. Uh, it's LA Social and then Tunnel. Um, are we still going? What's up, Scott? As long as we can wear the horn. Yeah, you can wear whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, until we talk to you lovely people again, peace, oh, love, and unicorns. And unicorns. And glitter. And glitter and pixie dust and all of that. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.